1: Hey, if you're in the mood to chill out, relax a little bit, well, we've got some smoking hot September deals from you from our friends at Solace Meds. Solace Meds is the premier dispensary of Denver, Colorado. You got to check them out. They've always got incredible deals for you, and they're not just in Denver. They've got one up in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. They got Constant deals on things right now. they got Can America gummies going on, strains, tinctures, and cartridges, glacier concentrates, whether you're looking for flour, edibles, drinkables, concentrates. Uh, you want some CBD, some CBN, some non-psychoactive stuff. They can take care of you. They've got incredibly knowledgeable bud tenders, incredibly quality products, and plenty of budget products as well. So it's nice for your wallet. Check them out. Go into any location. Use promo code DNBR20. You'll get 20% off and a free King Cone when, or Solace Bar when you order. So, again, don't forget to use that promo code DNVR20 to get 20% off. You can also do that by going online at solacemeds.com. That's solacemeds.com. And again, for 20% off, that's promo code DNVR20. The DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Kreisman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we get you all caught up. We keep you, in fact, abreast. Of all that is going on around Major League Baseball as we enter the final stretch of play, as the great horse race announcers of days gone by used to say, and one of my favorite phrases in all of sports, even though horse racing is weird, and down the stretch they come. How are we it's
0: Very that? exciting. Very. This is a very exciting time in in baseball. Whether whether you're a Rockies fan or, or otherwise, it's we're getting to to fall. It's getting cooler. We have talked about the foliage changing, which is wonderful. And here
1: Today's comes episode foliage.
0: Important <laughs> games, man. I'm oh, I'm I'm really getting psyched at this idea that we could have a game 162 <laughs> for the Rockies. Can you, <laughs> yes, a game 162. Right. We need to brand that. Let's see. Teddy Bridgewater shirts have already. I'm sure close to selling out. We need a game 162 to possibly commemorate it, but that's the season that we're in—the one in which every game is worth two to three times as much and is that much more valuable. Every at that, every pitch comes with that much more weight. And and here we are. It's not just for the wins and losses of the postseason; it's also for your MVP, Cy Young Award, Rookie of the Year. It goes to the umpteenth degree. It's an exciting time.
1: It's all all up in the air. Well. Maybe not all of it. Uh, there, there are a few things that have been decided, but let's go ahead and jump into it. Starting here, of course, in our very own backyard, and well, with the upcoming baseball that we are about to watch in the National League West, it is still an absolute hot contest between the Dodgers and the Giants. Of course, the Padres have fallen completely out of any talk of winning the division, and and we'll we'll get more into the Padres situation in a minute. But for right now, the Giants at ninety seven and fifty three. The Dodgers right one game behind them at 96 and 54. <clears throat> this thing is up in the air. The Dodgers, of course, have, have done this with a run differential of plus 249, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, they've they've been, by that measure, uh, the best team in baseball. We talked about it before coming into the year. Their roster was already the best just on paper. Then they added an MVP candidate, <laughs> Trey, Trey Turner, and a Cy Young Winner, probably. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll see about all that. Uh, that that's going to be a little bit tighter. But certainly, if you were just counting his work with the Dodgers, what Max Scherzer has done since coming over is just amazing and, and, and bewildering and in many ways disheartening. <laughs> but there it is doing the thing. So one game separates these two teams as the Dodgers are about to come into here at Coors Field and then the Giants right after them. This is going to be tight. I think this is going to go down to uh, the last couple of games of the season here. As much as it's easy to fall back on the overall talent of the Dodgers, at some point the math catches. There's only only so many games to play, and the Giants aren't losing. They're both yeah. gonna win over a hundred games here, right?
0: Oh, uh, unquestionably, yeah. The, on paper, the Dodgers have been better with with the plus two forty nine run differential, so they should be seven games better than the Giants. As it were, we don't play games with paper. We, we play it on the field. So they have one game behind the Giants, and that's what makes it all the more intriguing. And, and because you have the powerhouse Dodgers, it's not just one team playing less than their expected win-loss. It's the Dodgers doing it, and they're trailing a Giants team that's been, for the most part, uh, depending on which year and depending on your your fan base, They've been somewhat lovable. You know, they won three out of five of those World Series here at the beginning of the decade, and you know, was probably the one true dynasty and really the only dynasty to, to a degree uh, that we've seen in the last 10 years. Right. And they haven't really ruffled anybody's feathers too much, other than you know, Aubrey Huff. But he's not in the field. Well, that, that's a decision right, right, right. for another day. We'll forget that. But for the most part, everyone loves Buster Posey, right? Brandon Crawford's okay, right? Again, these are guys that haven't done anything. that make you go, oh, yeah. they are hateable. No, they're tough-nosed competitors. Even when Bumgarner was on the team, you could understand why people wouldn't like him, but you go, I still respect the dude. Oh, and so sure, right. that just adds to the whole storyline of Giants v. Dodgers, you know, 2021, they're doing it again. Yeah. I, I love it.
1: You're 100% right. And I, it's funny because the – giants of as you just laid like, out, oh, the giants have won the world series several times in the last decade none of which are really even questioned at all right the dodgers have their one and it came in the year where we all get to go oh, maybe <laughs> we all get to kind of look at them sideways a little bit but it is that like the Giants weren't expected to win the World Series any of the times that they did. And I think that also lessens the blow for other teams fans. We go, well, good for them. You know, good for them. Where when the Dodgers win the World Series, there's no, well, good for them. There's, there's there's none of that, right? It's like you're supposed to win. Look at look at all the talent you have. But
0: that that for me is why I I got less and less joy out of being a Yankee fan decades ago. Because I I really am, am a baseball fan first and foremost. <laughs> And when it became you have to expect to win the World Series every year, where is that joy? Like yeah. when the Yankees were really scrapping in the middle of the summer when we had John Boy at the bar and they blow this loss against the Astros. Like, oh, the wheels are falling off. They weren't that bad. They, they were in a bad spot during that time, but it wasn't awful. And then Garrett Cole's going out. We'll talk about if he's the AL Cy Young Award winner and right. he's getting booed. And um, John and, and Susan Waldman are, are talking on the broadcast about, right. like, can you believe these people booing? But but you can, and that's what it's like when you expect to win, and that's been the case for the Dodgers, and they're not they're not getting it. They're they're not there yet. And I, do you think they're going to win the? Do you do you think the Dodgers will finish I ahead mean, in the end?
1: I'll stick by that prediction. Yes, but. Uh, you know, again, because I, you just look at the, this is my, it's how I evaluate who I think is going to win the most baseball games, simple as it is. And it's always been my approach with the Rockies and it throws people off. Cause they go, no, you got to look at how many games they won. Then did they add pieces or subtract pieces? And then that's what they're going to do. I, I look at the roster of players and I compare them to the other roster players. And I ask myself, which one of those two rosters do I believe is capable of winning more the, the, number of games that it would take. And obviously, right, in this case, the Dodgers have to win at least one more than the Giants do on their way out to force a game 163. And yeah, they're the they're the better team they should, but they've been the better team all year. And how many days have they spent in first place? Like you said, we don't play the games on paper. We play them on baseball fields. So yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the Dodgers, but won't be surprised if the Giants hang on. I think it'd be great if there was uh, a game one sixty three between the two of them for all kinds of reasons, um, but yeah, I just uh, and it's probably going to be the Dodgers.
0: <laughs> I, I I'm I'm going to stick with the Giants. I I think they're it's going gone. to yeah. get it done. Um, I think they've got a slightly easier schedule. The Giants slightly. Uh, okay. They both play Colorado three more times. Okay, that cancels out. They both play Arizona three more times. That cancels out. And the Giants play six against the Padres, three at home, three on the road. The Dodgers play three against the Padres, and they finish uh, at home against Milwaukee. Mm. That's where it could get tricky. Then again, yeah. Milwaukee is out of team, but – they are getting ready for the postseason right. so they don't need to win those games as much so that could balance it out the thing i, I keep coming back to is i mm-hmm. think gabe kapler is going to keep his foot uh on the gas and say we we, we have to win the division and, and i think the dodgers are, are doing that too they they've got more gas right they've got yeah. more fuel, they've got more nitrous <laughs> in the sure. back of their trunk right and so i think the giants that, they could get they could get swept in the first round. That almost wouldn't shock me. The Giants got swept yes, in the game. first round mm-hmm. because they just had to lay it all out on the line. Whereas the Dodgers, all they got to do is win the wild card game if that's how they get in. Uh-huh. And they, they can kind of catch their breath, right? Mm-hmm. They can catch their breath during that first series. Maybe they barely eke it out in five games, maybe barely eke out the NLCS, and you go, okay, yeah, well, they they had all of the resources to get it done. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to lean towards the giants and maybe that's because I, I do want the giants to win more, more than the Dodgers. Right. Sure. Now.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 buy that logic though as well. Um, and then again, we'll talk about the wildcard stuff in just a minute, but those of you wondering to round things out, of course, your Colorado Rockies down there with a record of 70 and 79. Hey, <laughs> not so bad as it down there. I <laughs> like how you there. phrase that. Uh, down, there. they're down there. Uh, but then, uh, way down there, way down there is where you'll find uh, 48 and a half games back of first place in the National League West, as opposed to Rockies 26 games. The Arizona Diamondbacks, who have eclipsed 100 losses, sitting there at 48 and 101 right now, aiming for our, our guys at PHNX. Yeah, uh, aiming for those reverse standings, trying to get that, you know. The tank season. Tank at, season, baby.
0: On the tank season, and 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 it makes sense. And I think look, there even if Orioles end up losing more games, having the second overall pick is is pretty darn good. Um, it, it's surprising like how much less money you get for the second pick than the first, but still you have so much freedom to just have whoever you want. You can have it. the seventh best guy in the draft by, by most, most people's accounts, but now you've got that much more money that you potentially saved that you can go to other guys, convince guys to, to sign with you versus go to college. So yeah, the Diamondbacks are, it's an interesting perspective to say the least. So I'm looking forward to catching up with the PHNX guys and and to see how, how well people are enjoying that because that's the conversation you and I have had for, for so long Right is like, okay, again, on paper, Giants and Dodgers, the, the paper versus reality. On paper, if you're if you're not going to be good at winning, be good at losing, and 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 help your future out. But then on the field, and and the, the product In and reality, the entertainment, yeah. right? The fans are like, no, uh, no, uh, no, thanks. You can kind of do both. You can still be bad without being atrocious, and still be somewhat exciting, and still have a couple good players rather than completely, you know, emptying out the major league product. So. Uh, I'm surprised. I I did have the, the Rockies finishing in last in this division. You had them fourth and we'll go through all of our end of season predictions soon enough, but you were definitely on the money on that one.
1: I didn't know the Diamondbacks were going to be this bad. And I'll tell you one other thing. Neither did they. No. Yeah. This was not. So as much as maybe at some point you can give them some credit for leaning into the tank. This was not the plan going into the season. So, uh, Rough year for them, to be sure. I'm still drinking my Stravacraft coffee, by the way, because it's morning hours, a little early for me in the Breck brew. But depending on when you're listening to this, what wild card games or division races you're watching, you might be throwing back a few Breck brews throughout these next couple of weeks. Highly recommend you get those 15-can sampler packs, whether you're getting the brews or the seltzers. That way you can try out a lot of different stuff, see what you like the best. Or maybe you don't have to pick one that you like the best. You just have different beers for different occasions. It's basically how I roll with it. Save those vanilla porters for after dinner, a little dessert beer sometimes, throw back your avalanche ambers, your lagers usually during the game, that's a good time for that. Having a nice weekend sesh, maybe that's when you get into your IPAs, all kinds of good stuff with Breck Brew. You can get bigger ones, of course, down at the DNVR bar if you're a member of the family. You can subscribe today at the DNVR.com. You'll get discounts on hats and shirts, that bigger beer, access to the Discord channel, you get a free shirt when you order the annual. You get to be a part of the family. You get to come down to the DNVR bar and get free high fives anytime you want. Anytime, it's amazing. It's a pretty amazing. Deals. So do get signed up today. Subscribe out there. Don't forget also to come out to the DNVR bar on Tuesday nights for trivia. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I'm usually there hanging out. Uh, and if you beat me at a Rockies question, if you know the answer to a Rockies question and I don't, and so far I've and, and Patrick, by the way, has written the questions. So I don't know what they are ahead of time. Um, and,
0: and to to some degree, because I know how, how much you're going to be going down to the bar and, and how much you love that kind of trivia. I steered clear of your wheelhouse. Yeah. I tried to ask the questions that I'm like, you know what? I've heard him maybe say something that suggests that he, he's forgotten this thing. Yeah. or I'll, I'll take a note. I'll take a note right. on a podcast. Like, Oh, he said the wrong number for that guy. He corrected himself. But um, if his he first might make that mistake again. Awesome. Yeah, he might make that again. Great. I'm going to include that one in trivia. So and it, in it's fact, no guarantee that you're going to know all of these.
1: So I've been out four times, and there there are always there's five questions per team. Uh, the way we do trivia, and I've I've been stumped by one Rockies question so far. No one was there to claim their free beer there, though. If if you get that Rockies question and I don't, I will buy you a beer down at the DNVR bar. So you got to be there, you got to know your Rockies stuff, you got to be ready to claim that. But we we have a lot of fun. It's a, it's a great deal of fun y'all should come out. So moving quickly through now the rest of as we're still just on divisional talk, uh the Milwaukee Brewers have wrapped up in the National League Central even though there is some interesting drama to go on between St. Louis and Cincinnati that we'll get back to. Uh Milwaukee with a 91 and 58 record, uh, 11 and a half games up on first place. Uh, in the NL Central, a very, very nice season for them, uh, which you almost, I'll give you credit for predicting it, even though you didn't go all in on it. You did say there was a very strong possibility the Brewers were going to do exactly this for exactly this reason with the the starting pitching that's just been so good for them. And, if we had
0: done uh, it backwards, if we had started, because there's there's sometimes there's gamesmanship when when you're making predictions. I want my prediction to be better than yours. You've got to pick your spots. If we had started in the American League, because we did NL first. If we actually started in the American League, I would have I would have taken a little more more chance and said, yeah. "No, I I need to follow my gut and go with Milwaukee." I still might have picked the Cardinals to to make the postseason as a wild card, which could end up happening. Like, yeah, but I I would have had Milwaukee to to win the Central because uh, of how good their pitching has been, and and they've now become the Cleveland of the National League, where you look up you, yeah. know, you look at their lineup and you you look at their Rotation. You're like, I'm not that familiar with some of these guys, and and again, they had three all stars um, represent them sure. uh, in the National League as starters. Josh Hader would have been the fourth in the rotation. But how many baseball fans really before the season and even now can just say, Oh, of course, Corbin Burns, Corbin Burns, Adam Windriff, Freddie Peralta, and then do any of them know? Oh yeah, Eric Lauer's having a fantastic year, and so is Adrian Hauser right. in their rotation. Probably not, and so. Right they're they're not doing with smoking here. they're 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 developing and they're 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 getting blood from a stone man and they've they've been really impressive this is gonna be their fourth consecutive postseason too which is wild to think about
1: it really is because they've had you know i've been looking back when we're at the beginning of the year and the rockies were going through all this historical you know futility when they were just terrible i was trying to get comps from history and like how bad is it And it turned out other than on the road there weren't a ton of comps but when I'm looking at like long stretches of being terrible the Milwaukee Brewers are one of those teams that shows up a lot they've had some really long stretches of being very very bad and very poorly mismanaged arguably at least according to a <clears throat> a metric I found that that someone created for basically historical futility based on like percentage of seasons where you've appeared in the the postseason number of times you've appeared in the world series you know all this type of stuff, the Brewers have had a worse history than the Rockies, and so to see them all of a sudden in the postseason four times in a row, which is probably gonna, it might swap that that particular metric actually. Um, but and yeah, way, who
0: who mismanaged them? What was the name of that guy who owned the team? The oh, Milwaukee what? Brewers. Former Commissioner Bud Selig.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right.
0: Oh yeah, that guy.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh them.
0: And and you know the Brewers have done it this year without. Uh, Christian Yelich, the guy that I, right. I I had as an MVP candidate. I mean, I think a lot of people saw him bouncing back. Didn't he's been their tenth best player according to Fangrafts war. Like yeah. they're I mean, they got Willie Adamez, who was fantastic, uh they, they brought over from Tampa Bay. And so it's just been a bunch of guys kind of chipping in, no real superstars. The most home runs is Aviceel Garcia, 27. You're yeah. like, wait, isn't I thought he was washed up? No, he's He's still relatively young, but yeah, they're, they're, they're getting it done. So they're, they're, they're almost a team you can root for. If you need a team in the NL to root for, they might be one. They might be one of those clubs.
1: Yeah. They're, they're a lot like those 17 and 18 Rockies and and like how these Rockies would be if they had a decent bullpen. It's like, that's the, the formula, right? No superstar position players, tremendous pitching, you know, yeah. You as much as I'm loath to kind of root for them, it's like, oh, they're doing it the right way, and they're they're dangerous as hell. They're with that pitching. They're they're the team that it's easy to overlook because of the lack of star position player talent. But it's like, where are you in, in a short series? Where are you getting your runs against these guys?
0: And I don't know what the percentage of players is, but I know that the three guys I spoke to at the All Star Game for something coming up pretty soon this off or during the postseason. Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta, they all pitched in Colorado Springs. They were all Sky yep. Sox. And so there's a couple of those guys that if, if you're down there in, in Southern Colorado or you, you want a local Colorado flair to it, there's a lot of guys on this Brewers team that can, can recall, you know, security service field uh, or whatever it may have been called. Yep. UC, it's not UC Health, but, like, that's pretty cool They go, wait a minute, they're still, still keeping the Sky Sox alive over there in Milwaukee. So that's a fun story.
1: The only thing I'd be concerned about if I was a Brewers fan going into the postseason right now with the pitching is just the inexperience. It's the one thing you get to that postseason's Whole They've been great, great, great. But if that moment gets to you when one of those guys just has a, an off game or whatever, but beyond that, whoof. All right. Out East, it's just been an absolute shit show and just a total mess in the National League East. We have uh, mostly joked, but. I have at least somewhat seriously suggested that if the Rockies were in the NL East, they'd at least be in a competitive spot right now because um, Washington has obviously just been terrible. And then they leaned into their uh, tank. Miami has been out of it all year, despite them being kind of a trendy popular pick to, to be a bit better after their postseason appearance in, in the short year. Last year, the Mets as we have well-documented throughout the year have totally fallen apart and, Pretty hilarious fashion, if I do say so myself. Um, but Philadelphia, suddenly, despite getting trounced by the Rockies just a bit ago, not out of it. Still just two games back of Atlanta, who has surged in the second half after a, a good trade deadline for them. But 76 and 73 record for the Phillies, 77 and 70 record for Atlanta. Uh, plenty of chance there for the, the Phillies to make a late run. And that's where, Patrick, as you talked about, if this this math works out a little bit for us, Billy can stay hot and Atlanta can cool off just a little bit. The Rockies may be forced to play a game 162. Game
0: 162. Game
1: 162.
0: And, and there's a scenario, too, that I hadn't thought about on, until today, sitting down and, and doing some pre-production. Is that so there's really one wild card up for grabs. I mean, not really. L- literally, right? Because yeah, yeah. both Giants and Dodgers have clinched the postseason, so that's the first wild card is already right. pretty it's much well off the table. Teams, right. And so St. Louis, let's say, gets the the second one, and right now I think they're they're in position to do right. that. Um, they've got seventy nine wins. Cincinnati has seventy seven wins. They do have three more losses than Atlanta, but they have the same amount of wins. So you could have a team that's that finishes sixth theoretically in the standings, right? And, and they miss right. the wild card. And they actually have a better record than the first place team in the NL East, which is totally wild to, to think about. And, yeah. and to your point, which that may also need to be a segment. I know I I say that a lot. I might need to break that. Your if it's it's uh, let's see, it's 11 a.m. But you may have to take a shot on that. But to your point, the Rockies 17 and 12 against the NL East. Um, so that's, that's been their best division. And even, even before the road trip where they really helped their cause out, they were still, I think a game or two better than 500 going into this, obviously not the case, uh, against the central and, and, and the, the West 10 and 10 in interleague play. So, uh, yeah. And if they were in the, the NL East, they, they might, they might be there. They might be something. Uh,
1: it, it is kind of funny to watch the way this division, which, uh, before the year, a lot of people convinced themselves it's going to be really, really competitive. It's just turned well, it is.
0: out it Holy is really competitive. <laughs> uh, go, I'll give you another crack at it. Go ahead, sit. But it's going to be again, really, really
1: good. One of the better divisions ah, in the, yeah. Good
0: competitive and competitive
1: <laughs> with the other divisions, not just with yeah. themselves, right? And so, yeah, <laughs> totally. I, did, it, I,
0: I thought it was going to be, I did was, too. I thought it was going to be a lot better. It
1: sure. was. as much as the Mets are the Mets, it was hard to deny. And we all went against picking them to win the division precisely for that reason. But the talent, again, I look at the roster say, these guys should be capable of winning X games. And they, they really just didn't, you know? So, uh, and then as you were getting into there, the first wild card will come out of the National League West. We're just waiting to see who that'll be. And then after them, it it really is a tight cluster three teams, basically in a, in a dead, Heat with each other. Cincinnati, well, so St. Louis, you said, is in the spot. They've they've gotten hot, so they're in the spot right now with 79 and 69 record, 10 games over, 500, three games up on this next cluster of teams. And, yeah, it's the Cardinals. But just, just to give you the rest of the race here, Cincinnati right behind them at 77 and 73. The Phillies have gotten back into it, 76 and 73 record, and the Padres also at 76 and 73 Uh, despite them having been so disappointing as of late, are not out of it yet. Uh, A healthy finish to the season could get the Padres right back in there. Um, So what do you think, Patrick? Who you got?
0: Got to take the hot hand right now with St. Louis. So I I think they're going to be the ones to, to do it. You know, you're waiting around for Philadelphia just far too long. Wheels have fallen off in San Diego and I think they've got a harder stretch of games too coming up as we said, playing against the uh, six against the Giants, three against the Dodgers. So yeah, that ain't help. That's not gonna help at all. So I, I think you'd have to take St. Louis. I haven't seen enough out of Cincinnati right now. And they're they're turning the wrong way. They're three games back. I don't see yeah. how they're necessarily gonna snap into it. It can happen, right? I mean, three
1: and seven in their last ten. Uh, yeah, they, they, they need a change narrow. of direction where St. Louis just needs to maintain. They've right.
0: already figured it out, right? Yeah. St. Louis is, has already done it. And um, that'll that will be interesting. Cardinals against either the Dodgers or the Giants. But what what will end up happening is Milwaukee will have a nice layup because uh, whoever wins the West is going to have the best record in the NL and they're gonna play the winner of the wild card game, which means the the Central and the East are gonna play each other. So Milwaukee is should have a real easy route. Yeah. Right. Unless Atlanta or, I mean, or somebody a, else gets hot.
1: Yeah. Atlanta's not a scary team, team. I'm not excited to play in the postseason. but if you're Milwaukee and you get to pick a team between the Dodgers, the Giants, uh, the Cardinals, you're, you're definitely taking it. That
0: and team. that's a fun matchup. That's, that's the Hank Aaron yep. cup right there.
1: You got oh, there Atlanta you go.
0: and Milwaukee, right? There the two you go. teams he played with. And uh, again, Atlanta came from Milwaukee before that Boston. So that's a that's a fun little tie-in. That'll, that'll be cool
1: seeing those two teams against each other. So our updated predictions, we've got – well, I've got the Dodgers winning the West. Patrick has the Giants, which means I've got Dodgers-Cardinals for the wild card game. Patrick has Giants-Cardinals either way. That should no, be the
0: other way around.
1: Oh, did I say that backwards? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Dodgers-Cards. I've got – I've got Giants-Cardinals playing the wild-card game because I've got the Dodgers winning, The I did it backwards. You've got the Dodgers and Cardinals, which I do think is the better wild-card game. I don't know why. Um, also, watching the Dodgers have to play one game for their season is just funny. It's, it's effectively yeah. funny, right? Isn't it? <laughs> like, it is. Everything that goes into making a behemoth like the Dodgers – and for it to all come down to whether or not you can be like a 52-year-old Adam Wainwright on a, a Sunday in early October or whatever day, they're going to just like, yes, let's
0: and go. Could, could that be a catalyst? And, and if the Dodgers do lose that, could that be a catalyst to almost, I guarantee, but certainly ensure certain changes to the CBA where they say, all right, all right, hold on. Hold, we definitely need to change this because we can't afford to have, these $200 million payroll clubs have one game yeah. and they're, and again, and, and you go, wow, they wouldn't do that for, for one club. Well, I mean, yeah, look, we, we know why the wild card happened is because San Francisco giants who at the time were uh, a behemoth, you know, one, what was it? 103 games in, in 1993. And they said, yeah. oh, we gotta, we gotta fix that because we, we can't have teams that are this good not making the postseason. Yeah, right. Totally. So they, they figured a way around that. And so and again, I don't think it would be a bad thing. I don't no, think it would necessarily be a bad thing if they fix that, but it could certainly ensure that something like this won't happen again, especially in the same year in which you could have a, a team who doesn't even get the wild card having a better record than the NL East division winner. So I'll that could that could get wild.
1: I'll give you I'll give you this. I'll give you my – we got a new game now, the two-sweet, the wild-card game to end the Dodgers this year. I'll give you a a two-sweet prediction, Ben, for that and for rolling forward, uh, how it could impact everything. Because I like where your head's at there, Patrick, and I want to extend it a little bit further. But I also want to hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app sometime soon and place a few bets so I can make a little bit of extra money. Always a fun time. Even if you're not making extra money, even if you're not winning on your bets, making a few at bats a game more exciting, or if you're watching football, every time your team that you need the over on scores, it's that much more exciting. Whatever it is, man, the DraftKings Sportsbook app makes it a whole lot more fun and definitely more lucrative. Because, well, I mean, if you're just sitting there watching sports, then you're not you're not making money on it. But you can you can do that with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Lots of great stuff on there. Y'all know I'm a big home run better. You can find your kind of thing. That's the other thing I like about it. There's so many different things that they let you bet on. You can kind of find the thing that you know, the thing that you like, the thing you feel like you can predict. The over-unders on how many runs are going to score in a game. That's a hot day at Coors Field, a couple of mediocre pitchers. I'm going to take that over. I've seen enough baseball games. No, that kind of stuff. It's not just random guessing in the dark. You get to use your baseball knowledge, your sports knowledge, uh, and have a bit of fun with it, make a little bit of money. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. You'll receive $100, uh, I'm sorry, $150 in free bets instantly when you place a $1 bet on any football game. It's promo code DNVR to get $150 in free bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The
0: only line that you've got right now is winning or losing against the Dodgers, Rockies, Dodgers going into tomorrow. It's Cinzatella plus 195. Ooh. You know, I, Ooh. I, I I might have to play it safe this week. I might have to play it safe this week and say my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. is for Tuesday night. Dodgers Rockies under 10 and a half runs. Ooh I like got that. Julio Urias who's very good, fantastic as of late, and Antonis particularly Zatella, good against
1: the Rockies. Yes, has been,
0: and and Sensatello has been been really good as of late. I Like this, baby. it's only plus one hundred, but nevertheless, if you wanna if you wanna lock, if you wanna win right there, take the under on ten and a half Tuesday night Coors Field. My DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week: Dodgers Rockies under ten and a half plus one hundred. You'll double your money at least.
1: I love it. I love it, Patrick. All right, let me let me play your new game of too sweet and give everybody a little picture of the future. Cause you just talked about, you know, if the Dodgers lose in the wild card game, could that have long standing repercussions? I want to double for nothing. I want two things to happen. The Dodgers to lose this wild card game and there to be an absolutely pivotal missed call from the home plate umpire <laughs> on balls and strikes because of the exact principle that you've introduced to the conversation, the rules tend to change just a little bit faster when they don't benefit the big teams. Uh, For evidence of this, look no further than Buster Posey and the changing of the, you can't run over the catcher rule. Lots of guys have gotten hurt over the years, but as soon as a superstar player on a team that was expected to win the World Series went out for the rest of the season, they went, oh, we've got to change this rule. If the Dodgers lose in a one-game play-in and because of a terrible call, I think we'll get postseason expansion and a huge, huge push toward the electronic strike zone in this next CBA. Like, And and, and I'm for post-season expansion. Generally, like you talk about it. Kind of, it sucks that it happens just because when the Dodgers do you it, know, people bring, used to bring this up a lot of times with the Rockies, you No know, Buster Posey rule. And it's not, it sucks it out. It's the right rule. Yes, we can go. It stinks that they only did it for him and they maybe wouldn't have done it for the rest of us. But they still ultimately did the right thing. You shouldn't be running over catchers. It doesn't make the game better. It just gets people hurt. And so
0: it might might make the game slightly more fun for the viewing audience, but no, it it shouldn't be right. No, I'm 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 in agreement. I'm in agreement. I I always like try to find the devil's advocate. For sure,
1: there are people who enjoy it. It's obviously a yeah.
0: But the one trickle down effect you can't ignore that's that's great for the sport of baseball is now there's a generation of kids who when they're coming around third base to score and they're eight years old, 10 years old, maybe even 12 years old, maybe they're even post puberty. They're 14, 15, they're bigger kids. They don't have in their head. I need to truck this catcher.
1: Right. And then
0: maybe both guys are concussed or injured or broken leg. And that, that doesn't benefit anybody. If you want to talk about the millionaires in the major leagues and the adults. Okay. That's great. That's fine. But now that's something that the kids don't see. And that's something that you can't deny isn't better for the overall sport. You also, right. the the addition of instant replay comes about when Jim Joyce misses right the twenty seventh out right. of Armando Galarraga's perfect game in uh, June of twenty ten. So there, yeah, you're right. That that definitely could kind of expedite some things. I think we're still a few years away from really perfecting the technology. It's not there, but maybe as part of the CBA, maybe the Players Association or you know, maybe one of the things they negotiate is something like, hey, you know what, we're going to divert some funds over you here see. to advance the technology That's and right. to really get this bad boy cruising because it, it might be, be a little stagnant right now. They're trying some things in the Atlantic League, but, you know, how, how long is this going to take? Boom. Let's, let's speed yeah. this thing up a little bit more if that happens. And if so, that would be too sweet
1: yeah it would be you just reminded me of something by the way i just watched a phenomenal documentary on netflix the other night i think it's called this will change everything 100 recommend everyone should watch this about the history of women in television and, and movies and and the lack really of women in, in the history of television and movies and why that exists but one of the things that they did to discover to get the data for this was they created an algorithm that could watch movies in like 10 minutes and take photographs, all the different faces that appear in the movie, put them into a database and tell you. So as I was watching that, I was like, first of all, this is amazing and look at all these great things. And they're able to come up with all the data points. So people can't say, oh no, there are just as many women. It's just in your head. You feel, no, there aren't, no, there aren't. But then of course, as being who I am, I sort of went, we can create a computer program that can watch hundreds and hundreds of movies in a day and identify every single person's face and what their gender is, but we can't measure a three-dimensional space in front of the catcher. We can, it's about how many resources we devote to the project, like you said, so.
0: It's somewhat ironic that this, what you're talking about, about watching hundreds of of hours and hundreds of thousands of movies in a row like that is, is something you saw on Netflix. I think that's that's nice and ironic. Yeah, yeah. Also, was was B. Arthur uh, mentioned at all in in this? I would, have, I mean, she's for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Dorothy Zbornak from Golden Girls. B. Arthur is iconic. Yeah. She's she's someone where you might not know the name, and if there's a there's a baseball Hall of Fame for you know female actresses or something, not to get too off the rails, you go, oh my gosh, she was just she was a pioneer in so many ways. So yeah, uh, that that's a pretty cool documentary and. Um yeah, the, those things are going to – could change depending on what goes down. And, and the, the stage is set, I think, for a lot of this stuff to happen and, and uh, another weird season coming off the heels of, of a weird one last year in 2020.
1: Well, obviously keep our eyes on all that. Let's go through the junior circuit here a little bit more quickly. Yeah, I said it. Uh, Chicago White Sox wrapped up that division quite a while ago, even though they technically haven't clinched yet. Cleveland has made a Rockies-like run into (laughs) semi-relevancy. It's like
0: I had them as my wild card. I had them making the wild card. I thought they were going to be a lot better. You know, they're they're without the you know Terry Francona, who unfortunately has had some health issues, which is unfortunate. They've had a lot of injuries, but you you go and, and look at their rotation. You might not know the names, but you dig deeper in the numbers and you go, Oh, Cal Quantrill. Oh, I picked them up from the Padres yeah. last year in that big swap. My rookie of the year, Tristan McKenzie, Dr. Sticks. He's, he's Great. been fantastic. And you, you kind of see that potential almost Dontre Willis esque. Like he's wow. got a little vibe to him. So Cleveland's been exciting, but yeah, the white Sox they haven't necessarily, like you said, run away with it, but it's, it's their division. It's, it's, they're good. They're they they've got the central locked up.
1: And I almost like that they didn't stay hot all season. If you want them to go on a postseason run and mess things up in the American League here, that they've just kind of been steady in the second half. I think is okay. They're eighty five wins, but they don't need to win a hundred ball games or whatever. They just need to. They're going to win their division pretty comfortably here. The like you said, Cleveland, and then Detroit hasn't been as terrible as we potentially thought or as they were early in the season. Again, a very kind of Rockies like run into mediocrity here with a 72 and 78 record and then kansas city and minnesota have been awful um <laughs> and, and well,
0: in the west it's been close between houston and oakland oakland six games back i don't think they're going to get it done seattle's eight seattle's been an interesting story for everything that the dodgers have been with their plus 200 run differential and yet they're about five games worse than maybe what they should be the seattle mariners should have a worse record than the Rockies and yet they're in the hunt for the wild card. Negative 62 run differential. That's amazing. Mind blowing. But Houston's gonna get it done in the West this year and they're probably already the favorites next year too.
1: Yeah. 12 game difference between what Pythag has them at and what they're actually at. They're they're either Really, really good at all the little things. Like we've seen the Rockies do that in years past, where your defense and your clutch hitting ability and your bullpen and your starting pitching is all good. And so you basically spend every game waiting for someone to come up with that one big hit. And they do. And that's why they win the games they win. And then the games you lose, you just get blown out because you don't have that stuff. Or they're getting especially incredibly lucky. But I would actually bet, having watched them play a bit more this year, because we've seen them in Interleague and, and we had talked about their crop of young talent, that it's much more the former than the latter. So, A lot of fun things to be looking forward to. Potentially, those Seattle fans have heard that before, so uh, (laughs) we'll see. Uh, And then uh, the Angels continue to be one of the most frustratingly mediocre teams in baseball history. (laughs) Just oof. 72 and 77, obviously, they didn't have Trout for most of the year, but oof. Oof. Uh, and then Texas right in there in the reverse standing, still an opportunity to potentially pull out that, uh, that first overall draft pick. So good for them. <laughs> yeah. Very,
0: they, they very unloaded into- Gallo. They unloaded Kyle Gibson, a few other arms in the bullpen and Got them out. Uh, Ian Kennedy. And yeah, so why not? They're, they're not going to help at all in the future, but the AL East has been very exciting. Yeah. Uh, besides Baltimore, who's just trying to bring everybody down with their 102 losses, but I still think it's Tampa Bay's division. Uh, they're ahead uh six and a half games. Yeah. Atop Boston, who I thought Boston was done. They, they had so a really bad well. stretch.
1: I they thought they were going to fade and fall out and be gone, but no. Nope.
0: Toronto was just okay for a while, and then they were absolutely scorching hot. They've been great since going back up to Canada, going back home, which I haven't heard much discussion as to what – is going to happen or what may happen if they make the postseason with going through customs and I mean they've they've been able to they've been able right. to host home games anyway so I think there might be some kind of acceptance but um you know again we're we're getting into the, the cold season uh, colder temperatures and you know people are getting just common everyday cold so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully they're they don't have to you know play postseason games and in Buffalo or something like that, but it could be there. It's not for them to worry about. They're in the hunt, and then and then you got the Yankees in in fourth place, who are all over the place, but are still only a game and a half back of the wild card. It, it's yeah. it, two of those three teams, or rather, three of those four teams are going to the postseason. It's just which three?
1: Yeah, yeah, that wild card. So I, I think you know we've we've both got all the division winners hanging on, and they're up comfortably. You know, there were yeah. Tampa, Houston, and and Chicago. Boston and Toronto. I'd love to see those wild card teams. The Yankees, of course, are probably going to work their way into that. Oakland, only two games back of a wild card spot. And those Seattle Mariners, despite their run differential, that'd be the most fun thing. Four games back of a wild card spot. If they get real hot and these teams in front of them falter a little bit, uh, that could be a lot of fun. Of course, Toronto was my big pick, my sort of fun, trendy pick at the beginning of the season. So I'm going to stick with those guys to get into the postseason. I was looking iffy there for a while. Uh, they've got the best run differential of anybody in the mix here at the plus plus one seventy seven. So if you're into that, you know, if you expect that to keep going forward, but that's, it's going to be a tight race. It really, that's going to come down to these last couple of games. We may even have to get, you know, a play in between. I haven't looked at the schedule yet for any of these teams, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Go Toronto.
0: And, and this is probably a good point to, to bring it up. And and you might, might need to think about, or maybe we, we tease it here is, you know, the, the award season, you know, you've got Nathan Ivaldi who's sneakily uh, has the most uh, wins above replacement, according to, to fan graphs of any starting pitcher just ahead of Garrett Cole. And so maybe those two guys are your Cy Young award and, you know, Shohei Otani just hasn't had enough starts to get that done. Um, But he's done enough on both sides of the ball that is he a lock for AL MVP? Even if Vlad Guerrero Jr. of the Blue Jays, wins the triple crown
1: so hang on to that thought while you're thinking about it might also be thinking about where you need to work next and i can't recommend anyone better than our friends over at ball corporation you got to check them out if you're into working someplace where you're creating materials that are sustainable and you know not poisoning our environment Where you can be proud of your work you know some people can go in and do jobs and cash their check and go home and whatever, a job's a job. But if you're looking for a place where you can really be proud of the work that you do, where you can be proud of taking care of the environment, where you can be proud of the fact that they're taking care of you and everyone around you, that they're hiring people based on their abilities, that they're promoting people based on their work ethic and abilities and not who they are or who they know or any of that stuff, you gotta love what they've got going on over at Ball. Text GOLDEN to 77222 you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. It's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or simply text Golden to 77222. And of course, don't forget about our friends at Chevalier Mortgage. They are the protectors of the realm. They will help you protect your realm by getting you through all of this wild market stuff that's going out here in Colorado. You don't, Want to navigate that stuff on your own and you don't want to navigate it with somebody who's just kind of a distant person that doesn't know anything about you or your life or what you're about they're big dnvr supporters you're a big dnvr supporter they're huge sports fans you're a huge sports fan you can work together in this what can sometimes be a very intimate kind of relationship when you're talking about homes and 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 things like this so Great perk for DNVR listeners. Go to dnbrmortgage.com, enter to win a free shirt or hat of your choice when you do. More importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. Again, that's at dnbrmortgage.com, or you can call Virginia directly at 303 257 26. Let's get the numbers right 303 303- two five seven six five seven eight or Mike directly at nine seven zero four one two two four seven two Michael Chevalier NMLS number one nine three one zero zero six and Virginia Chevalier NMLS number one nine one zero six three one all right Patrick as you were just alluding to get into the awards races real here real quick here to wrap this thing up and Ben look I'm 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 with you I and I, and I see Spilly out there uh, on Twitter. I saw a guy, Manny Rondawa, again today. And yes, it's not, I, I try to stay away from the phrase, there's no debate, there's no argument. Because, well, if we're having a conversation, if we're having a debate, then there is a debate. There's a debate. There's always a debate. There's always room for another perspective. There's always room for another way to look at it. But Shohei Otani has got to be the American League MVP. We've never seen anything. No one who's alive <laughs> now has ever seen anything like this before. And you can argue that nobody who's ever been alive at any time has ever seen anything like this. The people who, you know, you draw Babe Ruth comparisons. But we've talked before about how it's just not the same. they are playing in completely different eras. What Shohei Otani is doing right now against the best players. And I know right this second, he's been a little bit cold but what he's done this season against the best players who've ever played the game, the best competition in the history of baseball to excel on the mound at the plate and in the field and on the bases. He is the definition of the most valuable player in baseball. I think comfortably, even if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wins the triple crown, which is a nice old award, and we, we don't care about batting average as much as we use, too much to my chagrin, but being the best hitter in the world is not the same thing as being the third best hitter in the world and the best pitcher in the world. <laughs> it's, it's just not... <laughs> like, I don't know. In 2012,
0: Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown, right? He had 330, 44 homers, 139 RBI. And he was the overwhelming MVP, right? Because he had done something that hadn't been done since Carl Yastrzemski. That also was the same year that Mike Trout should have won his second MVP award. Um Actually, no, that would have, that would have been his first MVP award. Uh, and and I, I was very upset at the time that he got jobbed out, partially because Uh, According to wins above replacement, Miguel Cabrera was uh, fifth in the American League, which you can get by with, you know, because Justin Verlander was one of the guys that was ahead of him. But Mike Trout had a 10 plus wins above replacement. Like otherworldly, still 49 bases at 30 homers. That was his essentially first, you know, like full major season and totally got jobbed out on that. Conversely, in what two years earlier in in 2010, Felix Hernandez yeah. he won 13 games. Meanwhile, CC Sabathia won 21 games, and who won the Cy Young Award? Felix Hernandez, right. because he had higher wins above replacement. Yeah. And while that is a statistic that can help settle an argument, it shouldn't really be the be all end all, because we, we, right. we don't we don't have that stat perfected. That being said, the Triple Crown is a little too old school. No. If this were the National League and we were talking about Joe Ducky Medwick last having won it in the <laughs> 30s for the St. Louis Cardinals, that would be a little different, but it would still be a similar, similar argument where you say, well, it was only nine years ago that the Triple Crown was won, so it's not quite as special. It's historical, but we shouldn't be necessarily awarding things based on history. It should be what is the guy's value or just who's the best player. And you're absolutely right. It's really no contest. We can debate it. That's fine. But it's really, it's Shohei Otani. And it's it's a shame that in any other year you win a triple crown, the spotlight should be on yeah. this person from doing this major thing. But RBI is, is somewhat a product of opportunity guys Mm -hmm. getting on base in front of you um base hits is uh, doesn't necessarily mean you're getting on base more or you're that you're slugging right we we understand that on base and slugging percentage are more valuable statistics to look at than batting average same thing with home runs which could be a product of one's environment obviously if you're hitting 45 plus or even 30 plus even even in a big year in 2019 right you're a good ball player we know that but to a degree look, the, the, these numbers are, are very old school. You know, the, these, are, these are just kind of old statistics that don't quite have the same value that they used to. So it's weird to think that winning a triple crown doesn't get the job done, but it's also weird to think that a human being yeah. could start the all-star game as a pitcher And also participate in the Home Run Derby. We still, even though this guy is only going to be a year older next year, we still may never see that again. Yeah. Maybe it's injury, maybe a down year, whatever. We may never see that again. Right. The 2021 AL MVP has to be Shohei Otani.
1: Yeah, I I agree. It just... It just has to be, and uh, but I also agree with Ben and what you were kind of saying there. It's a great year to watch baseball with these two yeah. and others playing, and we should still shine a light on what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is doing, just because he might. It's like tough year to not win the MVP, dude. You might be one of the best players, might put up one of the best seasons of anybody to ever not win the MVP, but. That's just how it goes. That That's that's life in Major League Baseball. But man.
0: You should have to ask Vlad Guerrero Sr. You went to the Hall of Fame with yeah. the angels on your cap. Right. That's your son who plays for a Canadian team, which you also played yeah. for. Who's the MVP? Just ask him and let, yeah. let him decide. And
1: Love it. Have to deal with the grief. Love it. So then that obviously, I, I think, also takes care of AL Cy Young, right? Though you did talk about, it. I mean, there could not it's necessarily. Up in
0: the air, air a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I
1: guess, I guess you could.
0: I think it's still Garrett Cole's award to to lose, even though again Iovaldi is it has He's higher wins there. above replacement, but
1: um.
0: it, it, it that's true. that actually shocked me a little. Bit. I knew he was having a, a very good season, and you know he probably would have gotten some third place votes, but for him to kind of be at the head of the pack is is a little bit surprising. Yeah, so, him and
1: Zach Wheeler, who I've always known as a very good pitcher, but but one of those guys who I wouldn't oh, yeah, he'll be like the third best pitcher in the National League this year. Like, ah, he's very solid and, you know, it never worked out for him the way the Mets wanted it to for most of his career. He was decent, but never the star there that they were hoping.
0: Well, now he is. <laughs> I, I, you could have one, two, three all in the AL East because Robbie Ray is, has been the leader of of the Blue Jays right. pitching staff. So. Right. I, I really think it could be the next two weeks who has Besides. the best starts and who yeah. you know potentially lifts their team. It's it's almost like a, a value thing. It's it's an MVP pitcher-type situation because I think those are the top three guys. They are all neck and neck. And I, I would even say Evaldi is, is probably third there. Yeah. And he's even being overshadowed now with Chris Sale being back. So yeah. uh, I would still probably lean towards Garrett Cole in the AL for
1: Sayon. All right, let's go over to the National League. Uh, who you got this one is uh this one's really heated up. You got Tatis Jr. in the mix here uh, though, you know, he's missed some time and the Padres, uh, a lot of the shine has come off that team. Bryce Harper very quietly all of a sudden, of course, you know, you feel like this guy's been both underrated and overrated throughout his whole career. It's weird. We've talked a lot about Bryce Harper, but um he's in the mix, you know, just Juan Soto with the, Screen. I had the team so bad, but he's been so good in the second half. Uh, so National League, and I do think that betting odds, by the way, on DraftKings Sportsbook just bumped Harper up ahead of uh, Tatis Junior. Tatis Junior for one and two.
0: I could see. That. I I think the you know the the argument with Machado might might be might be bad, and again, I I think. Machado is trying to help him, saying you got you need to ignore the fans. You need to ignore this situation. Like you're you're better than that, is what it was more than anything. And you know, I'm I'm almost surprised you haven't seen those two guys sitting in a in a, in a, a pedal boat yeah. somewhere <laughs> on a pond, just like eating cotton candy from from either side. Yeah. Because I think they are are tight, but I think that could hurt his chances. You know, uh, he did miss some some time, and again, if the Padres miss the postseason. I think that's going to certainly hurt his chances more so than even Bryce Harper, because I think uh, there's been a couple guys that have been kind of underperforming to a degree for Philadelphia, um, and but 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 not Bryce. You know, he's 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 had the MVP year, and you know maybe he's not necessarily the best player. I think Juan Soto is, has probably been the best, but a guy on a losing team like that, you need to really be head and shoulders. Uh, Above the competition,
1: Walker good. uh...
0: (laughs) Essentially, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the case. So I think Harper is still the favorite. But if the Padres end up sneaking in and and Tatis Jr. ends up, you know, making some some spectacular plays, it's it's hard to make some highlight defining catches in the outfield when you're not an outfielder. You don't know how to (laughs) time it. Jim Edmonds could, you know, make a lazy pop up right to him you know, exciting because yeah. that's his position. He knows how to do that. So if he's playing less shortstop, you know, it's, again, it's that, that perspective. So I, I think it's it's Harper's to lose as of right now.
1: Yeah. I, I think you're right about that. And it's going to be funny and weird and interesting because I feel like the Phillies have just hovered around not really being relevant for most of the season. Um, a lot of Phillies fans were miffed at Harper you know, after the, the big contract and an okay first year. Walks don't get people excited. It's <laughs> a so really good on-base percentage. It's just not something that fans, are, you know, we we talked with uh, Darren down at the bar and um, he's ready to trade Bryce Harper for Charlie Blackman straight up every time I talk to him. And I've got, <laughs> I've got to try to remind him that like, no, Bryce, I know, I know it gets frustrating when he sits there and looks at strike three with a a runner on second or something, but he takes a remarkable at bat and he, he yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he's got to be the MVP of the national, but I do think you're right that these last couple of weeks, like if the Phillies go on a little run and do force Atlanta to play the Rockies again, th- that really helps Harper's case. Right. And the other way, if, if Padres become a wild card team, then Tatis is in it. If neither of those things happen. I say give it to Juan Soto. Damn it. Look at what he's doing now. <laughs> they, they probably won't, but I'd love to. Um, and then uh, your pitchers, your Cy Young nationally. This one's tight. This one got real tight as soon as Jacob DeGrom couldn't finish out the season. This, this, this opened up in a big way.
0: That was one of the biggest reasons why I, I stayed away from him in a lot of the, the postseason yeah. picks is, is for the injury concerns, which is just such a shame to, to have one of the most exciting – players and exciting pitchers to not be able to do the thing he's so great at. And, and you gotta hope for for a recovery and he doesn't continue to kind of look like our generation Sandy Koufax, right? Right. Um, yeah, you could go a lot of different ways in this one. I think again if you're if you're going by war, it's it's Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, Kevin Gaussman, and that's kind of where <laughs> I'll put that that cluster Man, the of, of pitching those in the
1: National League is so good this year.
0: And the difference between first and fifth with Burns, he's uh, he's two and a half wins better than Gaussman. And so you're like, okay, he's kind of it, according to that metric, been the best. But everything that Scherzer has provided the Dodgers. And again, remember, he's he stayed in the NL, so he has that advantage. Whereas, yeah. you know, someone like Starling Marte, he's only impacted the Athletics for part right. of the season, so he's not really
1: going to
0: benefit uh, from that in any capacity. So, I think I, I almost I almost like Scherzer to have enough of that. I mean, one of the reasons why you know Dave Roberts selected him to start the All Star game was for like that prestige and. And that thing on his Hall of Fame plaque, which now with three thousand strikeouts, that's something that's there. And Corbin Burns, younger guy, you go, all right, hey, do it again. I mean, you're still going to finish top three in the Cy Young, but let's give it to the to the guy who's been the dominant horse. Burns had, you know, was part of that no hitter uh, just a, a week or so ago that Josh Hader uh, finished off. You know, he had had the first eight innings for the ninth no hitter this season. So it, I think it's down to those two. But again, a, a huge performance. Who's who's more likely to have a huge performance that Mm -hmm. has your mouth dropped on the floor? You know, yeah, Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, Kevin Gaussman, or either of Walker Buehler or Max Scherzer. Yeah, it's gonna be Scherzer. It'll be Scherzer. One of those two guys, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think you'd have to lean towards Scherzer, just bolstering his case and what he's meant, especially if the Dodgers end up going ahead of the giants too you know like that could be a factor in this which you know for better or worse you know you look back on it 20 years you're not going to remember the details of it all you're just going to look at the numbers and go yeah but Corbin Burns was clearly the best pitcher that year why didn't he win it you know that's that that's just kind of what what happens when it when it comes to this is there's it's more there's storylines involved in it. It's not, you yeah. can't necessarily just look at numbers. Maybe we should, but we're human beings and we can't just look at yeah. numbers. Right. And what numbers do you look at? What, uh, what numbers yeah, do you value all of us? We get, value right? different numbers. So. Because,
1: yeah, with, with these two guys, it really is, it, it's so close with, you know, Burns as the 234 ERA on the season. He's leading the league in FIP fielding independent pitching with the 158. Uh, which is arguably the most important stat for these kinds of things. Uh, he's been best in the league in terms of not giving up home runs. He's been best in the league in terms of not issuing walks and he's leading the national league in strikeout. So the peripheral strikeout per walk, not allowing home runs and feeling independent pitching Corbin Burns has been the best pitcher in the national league this year. However, <laughs> Max Scherzer is leading the league in actual ERA, and this is between both teams with 2.08 on the year, and ERA plus adjusted for the league at 194, just ahead of Burns at 181. Uh, What blows my mind, Patrick, is is like we talked about, this 58 inning stretch with the Dodgers where he's got an ERA of 078, an ERA plus of gulp, 519. He has, since going to the Dodgers, been roughly 500%. Yeah. Better than league average. And that actually tracks with what you've been seeing with him out there. So he flirted with a perfect game the other night. And he, you know, it's funny. Scherzer. I want it to be Burns. It's going to be Scherzer.
0: Here. you you said what you've said. You've said what would be too sweet for you. Don't don't you root for Scherzer, though? Or, or do you have to not root for him just because he's on the Dodgers, right? I, I think that can be a paradox. I think that's going to be hard for some people because I like Max Scherzer and I want to see him do well. Of course, that means the Dodgers do well.
1: I I love Max Scherzer and, and all that's a part of it. For me, it actually more comes down to the two individuals. Corbin Burns may never have an opportunity to win another Sat Young. Who knows? Really? Now, he, he may be great for the rest of his career, but this could be it. And he's could be. arguably been the best pitcher in the national. I think very clearly for the whole season, he's been the best pitcher in the national league. But this happened with Garrett Cole last year, right? Or, or the year before. When you become the, the best pitcher at the best time, it's, it's just hard to, to argue against that. So I want to see... It's kind of like why I didn't want Max Scherzer starting the All-Star Game. He's done it before. He's great. We all know he's great. None of us need to be convinced that Max Scherzer's great. He doesn't need another award on the mantle to prove to us that he's great. He's going to the Hall of Fame, probably on the first ballot. Max Scherzer is great. Does he need more stuff? No. But if you earn it, you earn it. And it's not like he hasn't earned it. But i, I that's why I wanted to go to Corbin Burns, because I feel like it would mean so much more to him. Than it will to Max Scherzer who's like, oh, another one of these? Cool.
0: <laughs> the philosophy, man. There's uh, oh, if if we have any people that are like psychiatrists out there or they do anything like that, like our different takes, like, well, when Patrick says this, what he really means is he has an inability in himself to be able to grasp what you know, like, oh, okay. I see what you're doing. And Drew, you see, when you think <laughs> Burns deserves this, it's really because when you were yeah, you so know, it, it represents those things. I think
1: cosmically, what to all of us,
0: here. yeah. Right? And that's why we're humans, and we can't just say, "Look, war—the best thing that we have," says Burns. So that's it.
1: Why is there any debate? Because we're human beings. Yeah, and that's why we love it. Always more ways to look at something than one. So. Really appreciate you all for sharing your perspectives here in the live YouTube. Really appreciate it. And when you get involved with the conversation, those of you listening to the podcast, don't forget to do that. Don't forget to throw out the super chats too. If you ever want to direct the conversation, we appreciate you all. Make sure you're following on social media at Drew Kreisman at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You're subscribing to the DNVR.com for all the written content, for the discounts on the hats and the shirts for the access to the Discord channel, for the free shirt when you order the annual, for the free high fives everywhere you go in Denver where you see someone sporting their DNVR gear. Really is an absolutely wonderful community to be a part of. We're proud to be a part of it with all of you. In the meantime, we can only ask that you keep being absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We'll keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons, Andrew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.